In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the sixth Sunday and the last Sunday of Ordinary Time for a while, uh, being Ash Wednesday this Wednesday and then moving into the Lenten season. As we gather as Christ's followers, as his disciples, we continue to hear the call, to deepen that call, and to respond as best we can with and in Christ to his compassion. As we begin, we ask God's mercy. Lord Jesus, you are moved with compassion for your people. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you reach out to us. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you strengthen us for the journey. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. gathering our prayers. Let us pray. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
reading from the book of Leviticus. Lord said to Moses and Aaron, if someone has on his skin a scab, a pustule, or a blotch, which appears to be the sore of leprosy, he shall be brought to Aaron, the priest, or to one of the priests among his descendants. The man is leprous and unclean. The priest shall declare him unclean by reason of the sore on his head. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as the sore is on him, he shall declare himself unclean, since, in fact, he is unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. The word of the Lord. Our response can be found in the Blue Gather, page 1108. I turn to you, O Lord, page 1108.
reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, He stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible to Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So two parts to my homily, like last weekend, a little bit of an advertisement here at the beginning of my homily, and then a short homily. Hopefully each of those will be about four minutes each, maybe four and a half minutes each, right? Um, So, uh, I'm going to do the first part. I'd like to talk about the annual parish appeal. 
Why am I doing that? I'm doing that so those of you, especially those who are visiting, can leave here in indignation and say, every time I go to a Catholic church, all they talk about is money, right? That's actually a joke. Um, thank you for laughing. Um, really, we know that it is much more significant than that. And as a parish community, we know how important transparency has been. You know how important the focus on sustainability has been for us as we began the process for On Mission for Church Alive. And also you know how important stewardship is as a people and a community. And so I would like to talk for a few minutes about the annual parish appeal. You probably all have received a letter within the last two weeks, uh, a mailing from the parish for the annual parish appeal. Remember what this is. It is a rebranding of what we used to call parish share, right? And that is the reality that we as a parish community, as well as all the parishes within the Diocese of Pittsburgh, participate in the diocese in many ways, but also in the area of stewardship and financial contribution. Each parish community has a tax, if you will. We're assessed a percentage of our income, and that percentage of the income is shared with the diocese. And it's shared with the diocese so that uh, the diocese can do the programs that are necessary for the diocese as a whole, as well as us as a parish community and communities, parishes throughout the diocese. So uh, easiest way to think about it is a way of pulling our resources so that with those collective resources, we can do things in a larger scale that we probably could not do easily ourselves. So for instance, larger scale purchasing power in payroll, legal services, tax services, administration and accounting services. And so I um, am not the first one to uh, tout the diocese and what they're doing, but I can tell you, and I've said this now for a couple of years, I have been incredibly impressed with how much the diocese is supporting parish and parish communities, how they have grown in transparency, how they have grown in professionalism in their administrative side and what they do in our support. I'm gonna name just two of those things. Uh, just within these, these are two very practical things that are very much affecting us as a parish community. Just within the last two or three months, the diocese subcontracted out a group that has done accounting in the area of taxes. And so every parish community has the opportunity that during the pandemic, as we navigated the pandemic, the monies that were paid out to our employees, there's actually a tax credit that we can get back for that. And so, through the support of the diocese of all parishes, we as a parish community are gonna be getting back like $20,000 in taxes, okay? So that's a huge benefit to us as a parish. Another incredibly significant thing that is happening because of the diocese and because of our pooling of resources. Um, there has been a lot of um, inter-networking recently of city 
of our urban parishes in the Diocese of Pittsburgh because the diocese has acknowledged how challenging sustainability is in our inner city parishes. And so there's been a networking, a bringing together of pastors, and the diocese has been trying to think about ways to create sustainability. One of those ways, and you'll probably see this in our next quarterly financial statement, I'm pretty sure they're going to be wiping out the debt of all of our inner city parishes, including ours, right? So they're going to do debt forgiveness so that we can focus on evangelization ministry, right? That is a huge benefit to us as a parish community, right? You following that? All right, so those are just two major things because of that pooling of resources. Lastly, just about us. Um, this past year, 2023, we're, we're assessed every year a certain amount of tax. Last year, it was 112000 This coming year, 2024, is 114000 just a couple thousand more. But this past year, we just fell a few thousand short of that goal, right? And that is the best that the parish community has done in the four or five years that we've been together. And actually, as a pastor, that's the best that any community I've been involved in has done as a parish community. So we almost met our goal just a few thousand short last year. And that is a tribute to you, right? And so all that I can say to you as the pastor and leader of this community is please continue being the stewards that you are. Please continue doing what you have been doing because we may be small, but we are mighty <laughs> in lots of ways and certainly in stewardship. So thank you to all of you. Continue being who you are. For that annual parish appeal, you can make a pledge. You can send something in one time. You can do it monthly or weekly, you can do that via mail. There's an envelope that's in all of the packets that we sent out, a monthly envelope, or you can do that with our online program of giving, Faith Direct. If you use the online giving program, Faith Direct, you do not have to do anything. It will continue if you're already doing so. So like myself, I, I give to the annual parish appeal weekly, actually. And so that will continue, but I can go in and modify that if I want to, right? I can do less, I can do more, I can make a one-time contribution through Faith Direct. So please continue being who you are. And I look forward to being debt-free in a couple of months. So that's a hallelujah for that one, huh? Hallelujah. Commercial over. Okay. As disciples and as followers of the Lord, as people trying to follow the gospel, there are times that we are moved within us to move beyond who we are, what we are, even what we've been taught. We have been taught many important and great things. We have grown and been formed from our families, from our teachers, from the country in which we've grown up in, from uh, the, the experiences that we've had throughout our lives. 
We have been formed, we've developed patterns, we've de developed an understanding of what is good and bad, what is right and wrong, good and evil, right? We, we've, we've done that and there's been many amazing things, the values that we've developed as a people because of all that we've been taught. But there are times when our patterns, our perceptions, even what we've taught or what we've been formed is not in God's love or God's kingdom. The gospel passage we hear proclaimed today, three incredibly important parts to understand what's really happening and going on and what the call of a disciple and a Christian is in following the gospel. First of all, you know about leprosy in the biblical context, but just to remind you a couple of the significant and how significant it is. First of all, remember, it is a physical illness and disease that was not understood, and, and certainly because they do not have the medical sciences that we do today, right? It was a very confusing medical disease. Second of all, when people had disease or some sort of catastrophe, oftentimes it was considered for something they had done wrong, right? They had done something bad or evil, and this was punishment for that, right? We just heard last week from the book of Job, where his friends kept coming to him chapter after chapter and saying, Job, you must have done something to deserve this calamity, right? And he's like, no, I have not, right? So it's the context of it's a punishment for something. And third of all, it's not just physical or a punishment, the person is considered unclean. Notice in the first reading, that's what they had to yell out. Unclean, unclean. It doesn't mean just physically unclean. What that meant was they were spiritually, in the context of the religion and the law, they were considered excluded from participation in the worship and the temple system. That's what the leprosy does. That's really important context. Second of all, within that context, we have this courageous encounter between the leper and Christ. The leper should never approach anyone unless they're saying unclean. And the leper, encouraged because he's moved within him, he or she is moved within him, the person, him or her, right, reaches out and says, help. Can you heal me? if you will it. The other equal movement within, it says Jesus was moved with pity. And again, that's the great Greek word that literally means moved in his entrails, in his guts, right? There's something inside of him in compassion that knows that there's something, despite the law, despite what he's been taught, despite the, the, the uncleanliness of this person, and despite the fear of the disease, there's something that moves within him that helps him to experience something different. And then there's the transformative healing encounter as they reach out and touch one another. Sisters and brothers, we have been taught great things, but there's sometimes that we know within us that something is askew, right? What we've been taught, the patterns, the perceptions, the things that we've been taught in society, 
There are times that we as Christians feel it in our very beings, our guts and our consciousness, that something is wrong with this. And brothers and sisters, that's within our teaching, that's within our families, that's within our country and our culture, and I'll even go this far to say it's within our church, right? Some of the things we taught, have been taught have actually been disruptive to the love and the kingdom of God. What are those things for you and me, right? Has it been the racism we've been taught? Has it been how we think about an immigrant? Has it been what we think about gender, right? Those things in society that we are afraid to touch, that something inside of us knows, it, it moves within us, that, that it, there's something wrong about this. And what happens is oftentimes when there is courage of encounter and listening and one human being meeting another human being is that something about that is transformed and changed. When there's enough courage to break beyond some of those stigma, mores, even perceptions and patterns of being, what happens is, is there's transformation in God's love and in God's kingdom. Jesus was moved with pity, and the leper was moved with pity within himself. They reached out and grasped one another in a healing embrace. What are those things in our lives, our culture, our society, our family? People of faith, we stand and profess, I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son and Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God and light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things are made for us, for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the Holy Spirit, who was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of Christ, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Trusting the grace, the mercy, the healing touch of our Lord, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Please respond. Hear us, O Lord. 
that Pope Francis' vision of church as a field hospital will guide us as we encounter the lepers in our society. We pray. Hear, Hear us, O oh Lord. Lord. That as we walk through the daily tasks, behold all those affected by the ravages of war in our thoughts and in our prayers. We pray. Hear, Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. That we may acquire the skills and passion to share the miracles we have seen in our lives. We pray. Hear us, yes, O Lord. That our efforts to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday leads to an action as we recognize the hunger that exists in our own community. We pray. Hear, Hear us, O Lord. Lord. As we turn our thoughts to the season of Lent, beginning this Wednesday, we choose practices that will help us grow deeper in union with Christ. We pray. Hear yes, us, O Lord. For our loved ones and all who have entered eternal life, and Jill Krasowski, who this week has entered into the embrace of God's love, we pray. Hear us, O Lord. We remember Deacon Frank Borowski and all the intentions presence on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Hear, Hear us, us, O Lord. Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Our offertory hymn can be found on page 484 of the Blue Gather, Hosea, page 484.
with Christ and one another, offering our gifts and lives. Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May this oblation, Lord, we pray, cleanse and renew us. May it become for those who do your will a source of eternal reward. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. With Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, it is our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God. You've laid the foundations of the world. You've arranged the changing of times and seasons. You formed us in your own image and set us over the whole world in its wonder, to rule in your name over all you have made and to forever praise you in your mighty works through Christ. And so, with all of the angels and saints, we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith.
Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, all the clergy, all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy, welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. kingdom of God moves within us at the Savior's command formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. the Lord, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will. For you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us offer one another some sign of Christ's peace.
together, let us please stand as we're able and let us pray. Having fed upon these heavenly delights, we pray, O Lord, that we would always long for the food by which we truly live. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Just a reminder, uh, the message went out to all of the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. There is just a brief refresh and training for you. We ask you to stay after Mass. Alex will be leading you in a brief refresh, all extraordinary ministers. And lastly, you can't miss those pots for the Super Bowl at the entrances for uh, supporting our uh, local food banks. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is found on page 881 in the Blue Gather, Lift High the Cross. We will be singing verses 1 and 4.